Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Okay, greetings all. This is Mike Cleveland, and I am here with a dear brother of mine whom I treasure, and his name is Lenart. He's from Estonia, and Lenart, welcome. So glad to be with you again today. Thank you, Brother Mike. It's a joy ministering together with you, and uh, we really, I really look forward to this uh, gospel feast together hey. with you. I do too. This is something I've looked forward to all day. It's it's 8.18 p.m. here in my time. I think it's 5.18 p.m. in the morning, your time, right? It's 6.18 actually. 6.18. Okay, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are continuing where we uh, left off last time. And if you're listening for the first time, uh, if you would go back and listen to the previous podcast, because Lenart and I were talking about Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. And today we're going to pick up our study, and we are praying that the Lord would open our hearts and our ears and our mouths to see and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that's life-changing. Lenart, what you and I are going to communicate today is life-changing. It is powerful, right? That's right, because this, this is what God had, uh, this is how God has assigned it, that the gospel message would be the message of power uh, to save and to set free and to change lives. That's exactly right. Uh, okay, so we, we were looking last time in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. And I will just read that again to remind ourselves. Uh, God says, Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me, whom they have pierced, and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. And, uh, Lenart, what thoughts do you have kind of by way of summary as we just look at this verse one more time before moving on so in this verse we see uh, god's way of saving us and uh, this way is the cross and in this verse we see god um, giving him himself giving his only son uh, for us uh, through the death of the cross um, to save us, to redeem us, to uh, and he does that uh, by deeply affecting our hearts, cutting us, breaking us, and bringing us to repentance. And he does that through the spirit of grace who um, makes the cross uh, real to us, heart-changing to us. Yes, that's exactly right. 
And what we're talking about then is how a person is saved, but also how a person is set free, how a person is transformed, how a person is sanctified. Um, it's through the spirit of grace, bringing the cross before our eyes, the pierced sun before our eyes so that our hearts might see and be cut, like you said. And when we, we talk about being cut, Lenart, we're, we're talking about our hearts being wounded and even pierced through with sorrow. Uh, just like when Jesus was hanging on the cross, his heart was pierced through with a, a sword. And that's what happens to our heart as we look at the cross and realize it was my sin that put him there. Uh, and so we can look at sins of the of the flesh. We can look at impurity, pornography. We can look at overeating, gluttony, and laziness. But it's more than that. It's just the basic unbelief and rebellion of the human heart. And, and that rebellion was what hung Jesus on a cross that he might remove that from us. So again, we're, we're just looking here at how our hearts get changed. And that's through a sight of the pierced only son. And so let's go on from here. We come down to the end of the chapter and it talks about the, uh, the spread of this grace, the spirit of grace would spread all through the nation of Israel and by implication to all believers. And everyone, it says, would mourn. All Israel will mourn, it says in verse 12, and it talks about the different clans and they will mourn separately and, and all of this mourning going on because the sun was pierced. And then we come to Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 1. And do you want to read that, brother? Yes. In that day, excuse me, in that day there will be an open fountain for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for impurity. Okay, so on that day, what day is he talking about? Yes, it must be a, a very particular day. And <clears throat> last time we read John chapter 19, uh, which speaks about the crucifixion of Christ. And in that same chapter, Zechariah 12, 10 uh, was quoted, which shows that this passage here points to the day when Christ, the Son of God, was crucified for us. That's exactly right, isn't it? So the son who was pierced uh, would then become an open fountain. And it, it's interesting, if you, if you were to read Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 30, it says, On this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then, before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. And so, what Leviticus has been pointing forward to, and what Zechariah 13 is saying, is that there was a day coming when the only son would be pierced, and that would mean cleansing for you. And, Lenard, as we think about this together, uh, if, we, if we need cleansing, what does that mean? about us in our natural state it means that we are defiled um, 
we are dirty, uh, we're impure, um, we are uh, full of sin, which is uh, so defiling in the eyes of God, and we're in great need of cleansing. Uh, that's right. You know, and I've, I have just experienced and lived this defilement where I know inside myself, my conscience is bearing witness. My heart is, is condemning me and I'm unclean before a holy God. I'm impure. You know, when, when David um, committed adultery with Bathsheba in Psalm 51 and then Nathan came to him, and uh, and gave that story, and David was convicted, and he was cut to the heart, and he began to pray in Psalm 51. He said, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Um, he understood that he was defiled and filthy and unclean before a holy God, and and you know, what David prayed for in Psalm 51, God answered on Mount Calvary, because there Jesus became a fountain, a fountain that was open. Lenart, what do you think about when you think about a fountain, not a, not a pond that's stagnant, but a fountain? What thoughts do you have about that as you look at this passage? Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, yes, so a fountain is something that's not uh, stagnant, uh, it's uh, flowing, it's ever fresh, um, ever new. So we know that Christ uh, died for our sins once and for all, and uh, it was accomplished uh, through Christ's one righteous act. Um, but for us, this um, uh, one righteous act, as Romans chapter 5 speaks about Christ's death, is a continual fountain of cleansing uh, for us. And we can come to the cross and experience this cleansing afresh. And uh, it's because Christ offered himself uh, through the eternal spirit, according to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 i believe so um this fountain of cleansing becomes so fresh so living uh to us because the spirit uh will make this fountain fresh and new to us every time we come to the cross hallelujah uh, and yes, I believe Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may, uh, so that me, we may serve the living God? You know, um, Lenart, just like the Old Testament priest, when they would come to minister at the tabernacle, they had to stop at the laver, uh, at the wash basin, and, and wash first before they could minister. Um, even so, the blood of Christ cleanses us. It's a fountain, as you described. It's, it's an ever-flowing source of ongoing cleansing for the believer. And uh, we need to wash here every day, don't we, brother? 
Yes, um, it's so true. And uh, I really love uh, seeing this, um, that we have to wash at the cross, and that washing at the cross is our daily need, and this is the way we um, maintain our uh, fellowship uh, with the living God. This is how we enter into intimacy with Jesus, our Savior and Redeemer. Um, and uh, we need this cleansing fountain every day to, to be set free from sin's power and to uh, experience um, um, sanctification and growth. Yes, indeed. Um, as, as you look at the cross, Leonard, uh, you see the heart of Jesus opened. A soldier pierced his heart, his side. Out came blood and water. Um, this was his willing act of love for you and for me, for all who would believe. And the blood forgives us. The water cleanses us. Um, this act of being pierced in his heart means that you and I are spotless. Anyone who believes, no matter how foul, no matter how vile, no matter how unclean you've been in your past, if you look right now at the cross and you see this fountain being opened, coming right from the heart of Jesus, you can wash there. Um, Leonard, as you think about washing there, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Mm. Yes, it's, it's a very important experience that we need to have. And um, what I've learned is that uh, um, I need more than just um, having the doctrine of justification by faith or just... Um, just in my mind, uh, assuring myself that I'm forgiven and that's it. But I've seen that I need to experience this cleansing so that I'm uh, deeply and inwardly washed and, and washed of my sin, set free from the power of sins, and so that my heart would be changed um, uh, deeply and inwardly. So coming to the cleansing fountain of the cross um, is a very important daily need for us. And, uh, and for me, it means that I, I come to the cross and, uh, and desire to have a new and fresh glimpse of my Savior uh, dying for me when I read a verse such as... Um, um, the verse in Hebrews, which says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. And I see that when Christ shed his blood, he did so that he could forgive me. He shed his blood because he wanted to forgive me. And I begin to personalize this uh, wonderful cross. And I begin to uh, seek to experienced deep down in my heart how much 
the Lord Jesus wanted to forgive me when he went to the cross, when he was bleeding there, he was um, praying to the Father, Father, forgive Leonard because he does not know what he's doing. And I want to hear him speak this forgiving word into my heart. And when that happens, there is this um, inward work of the Spirit just shedding abroad the love of Christ in my heart, cleansing my heart, breaking uh, um, desire for, for sin, um, pulling me out of the power of sin. Or when I turn to another verse in Revelations chapter 1, verse 5, which says that, that Christ loves us and has re uh, released us from our sins by his blood. And again, I see, I look to the cross and I see Jesus shedding his blood, just bleeding there for me. And he, when he did that, he loved me. He loved me so much that he was willing to give up his own life for me and shed his blood to wash away my sin and defilement. And when I come and linger at the cross in this way, and in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, then Jesus becomes so real, so personal and dear to me. My heart is deeply affected and touched. The love and forgiveness of Christ fills my heart, washes and cleanses and sets my heart free. And then there is real and true cleansing going on. I'm not just objectively justified before God, but I'm inwardly and subjectively washed, cleansed, and set free from the power of sin. And I'm transformed and changed into the likeness of Christ. That was powerful. And I think it's important to note that you said objectively and subjectively. The objective truth and reality of the doctrine of the cross that is an external or what people would call a forensic reality it is a truth that on the cross jesus died to justify us before god he died and rose and through his resurrection uh, we are justified um, but that alone that apart from anything else would leave us dead in our sins. It would leave us unresponsive to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. What has to happen is the subjective reality, what you just described, the working of the Spirit to take the cross of Christ and make it personal so that I weep, so that I am humbled. My heart is cut deeply where I am crucified with Christ. I I, I sometimes, you know, ask people, you know, Leonard, can you see the cross of Christ? And can you see that you yourself were dying there with him? And that you yourself breathed out your last and then were taken down from the cross and buried with Christ? Is it that intimate and real and personal to you? Because until that subjective reality happens, we are unresponsive, we're cold, our hearts are hard, um, we don't actually have any real change 
in our life. So both of those things have to be there. Now, we are not uh, people who walk around, uh, you know, demanding an experience from God. But all we're saying is that when the Holy Spirit works on our hearts, all the truth of God's word becomes personal. And it, be, it takes on a real, personal, intimate meaning for us. It's no longer words on the page. It's, it's words in the heart. And I think what you and I have been talking about, Leonard, is actually stated in verse 2. And so in verse 1, we see that a fountain would be open to cleanse us from sin and impurity. But then in verse 2, there would be a result that would happen for the people. And what would that result be, brother? Can you read verse 2 there? Yes. And in that day, declares Jehovah of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, and they will no longer be remembered. And I will also cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass from the land. And so what are the results of this cleansing fountain being opened? Hmm. Uh, the names of the idols will be cut off from the land and, and uh, the, unclean, the unclean spirit will pass from the land. Yes. And this is the power of the cross because what the cross does is it removes idolatry. It removes the spirit of impurity. Uh, if you think about it, a cleansing fountain, of course, would remove impurity. Uh, and that is the power. This is what you and I have been talking about. This subjective experience of the cross makes me no longer an idolater. It makes me no longer impure. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this, brother, um, but, you know, sometimes when people will go through a, a step group program or a drug addiction program or something, they'll say these words, uh, I've been clean for 12 days or, you know, 20 days or however long. Uh, and what they're doing is associating their cleanliness with stopping a behavior. Um, but that's not true cleanliness. Uh, true cleansing happens at the cross of Christ when my impurity is removed when my idolatry is removed from my heart. And uh, I've, I've experienced this powerfully, brother, and I know you have too. What, what was it like for you when you actually experienced this cleansing and the removing of idolatry from your life? Oh, it's something hard to put into words, this uh, inward uh, uh, fullness of life, the inward presence of Christ through the Holy Spirit, uh, the uh, the intimate uh, experience of the love of Christ, and the uh, and the purity of heart, uh, and and freedom of the heart. It's um, something that makes you rejoice, and want, something that makes you want to share this gospel joy with others and um, it is something that makes you want to give your whole life to Christ with something that wants you to humble yourself and 
uh, lay your life there at the foot of the cross to serve your new master, Jesus. It's um, this, this kind of freedom makes you want to love Jesus and serve him with all your heart, whereas some other kind of so-called freedom may just keep you so self-centered and not fully given over to God. You, you just uh, have accomplished yet another thing for yourself. You know, that's so important what you just said, because um, you, you talked about how you wanted to be humble. You wanted to share with others. Now, you know, you could have taken a class that said, Leonard, you need to be evangelizing, you know, or, or you need to humble yourself or you need to. But when you look at the cross and experience the cleansing, uh, it is an automatic result. Because why? Because our hearts are changed from the, it, this is an inside experience, isn't it, brother? Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, uh, I would like, I'd like to read a, uh, uh, another passage in Ezekiel's chapter, Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 and 26, where it also speaks um, this cleansing fountain. And here it says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. So it's so intimate, the, the clean water, the cleansing blood of Christ. It's sprinkled upon me. How intimate Jesus shed his most precious blood. And now it's sprinkled upon me. How merciful and loving is our God that he would allow us defile sinners to be cleansed to be sprinkled with the most precious and holy blood of of the son of god and you will be clean oh we can come to the cleansing fountain of the cross and be truly clean from inside out and from all your filthiness and from all your idols i will cleanse you and idols are things that uh, capture our hearts and make us uh, love those things and what, uh, make us ocup- occupied with those things. So, but the blood of Christ reaches deep down into our hearts and just uh, sets us free from other loves and makes uh, our hearts love and yearn our new master, our new Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 26, I will also give you a new heart and a new spirit. So uh, when we come to the cleansing fountain of the cross, we experience a heart change. We're given a new heart, a heart that uh, is so tender and so uh, uh, loving toward our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, it's a heart now that also hates sin our former sin and desires to put it to death amen <laughs> isn't it amazing how these two passages go together that was Ezekiel yes. 36 right yes okay and so 
just an absolute parallel with Zechariah chapter 13, um, speaking the same thing, that the fountain of cleansing that would be open would remove idolatry, those things that we put in place of uh, God in our lives. And, you know, if you look at the cross, Jesus was being treated as an idolater, even though he was the only person who never was. And he was being treated as an impure man, even though he was the only person who was perfectly pure. Uh, and, and as he hung with our sin on him, that Roman soldier reached up and, and stabbed his side. Uh, and as that happened, water and blood came out. A fountain was opened on that day, uh, a fountain to cleanse us from all our sins and impurity. Um, Lenart, does it mean all? I mean, even that sin nobody knows about, uh, even that that thing I'm ashamed of, that that part of my life that I wish I, I just didn't even have to even think about anymore, uh, even that? Mm, yes, it's uh, all sin, just just like First John chapter chapter one verse seven says that the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us of every sin, of all sin, no matter what sin it is. Because when we come to the cross and see that God uh, gave up His only begotten Son for us all, for our sins. And we see that Jesus himself was the price for our sin. We have faith to believe that even this sin is washed away. And um, uh, Acts chapter 15 says that our hearts are cleansed by faith. So uh, there is no other way but by faith, uh, we come to the cross and we believe even that even this sin has been put on the Son of God and, and that Jesus shed his blood even for this sin. And if we put faith in the cross, in the shed blood of Jesus, then in ourselves we're weak and helpless but then the spirit comes and makes the cross real to us makes the gospel personal to us and gives us the power and the faith to believe that this is true and it becomes so real that we just know our sin has been washed away when we not only know, but we experience by the gracious work of the spirit that we are washed. We're, we are truly been washed. It, we have sensed and experienced that. And we know that our sin has been washed away, placed on the precious son of God who died under the judgment of this sin. Hallelujah. Uh, this ought to give hope to somebody today. Uh, this ought to call somebody to come and look at what all the commotion is at the cross. Why is everybody uh, clamoring to see a, a man hanging on a tree? Uh, if you're hearing this right now, just turn aside and look. Just look for yourself. 
And you will never, ever again wonder if that sin you committed in secret that nobody knows about, that you think you're taking to your grave, you will never, ever wonder again if that sin can be forgiven. Because if you say that that sin cannot be forgiven, then you're saying that sin is more powerful than the blood of Jesus, than the death of God's own son. How dare you say that? That is putting an idol before the cross. And we don't want to do that. And, you know, Lenart, in, in Micah chapter 5, it talks about, there's a famous passage in there. We, we say it at Christmas quite a bit. talks about Bethlehem, the, the smallness of Bethlehem, and out of Bethlehem would come a ruler for God's people. In verse 1, it talks about um, he would be struck on the face with a rod. But later in that same chapter, it says, I will destroy your idols and your sacred stones from among you. You will no longer bow down to the work of your hands. And so it goes together that this ruler from Bethlehem would be struck. This only son would be pierced and uh, and a cleansing fountain would be opened and it would remove the idols from your very heart and life. And it would cleanse you from all impurity, from all uncleanness. And you would be clean and holy and righteous and pure. And uh, uh, as we think about this just now, Leonard, uh, again, I, I'd like to ask you to pray for someone just now who has hear, heard us um, proclaim the power of the cross. Uh, maybe they feel unclean. Maybe uh, they were like I was in the sense of knowing my guilt and my shame and feeling it weighing me down, living in this life of impurity. Could there be hope for me? And I'll ask you to pray for him. But before you do, listen to this. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Really, all of them? Yes, lose all their guilty stains. And you know, it says, The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day, and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. And uh, I'll tell you, Leonard, I can sing the rest of this song which is ever since by faith I saw that stream, a flowing wound supply, redeeming love has been my theme and will be till I die. Uh, this fountain has cleansed me deeply. Lenart, you've described how this fountain has cleansed you deeply. If people knew us, brother, if they knew our past, if they knew our sins, if they, if they saw how deeply in bondage and and what captives we truly were for us now to be saying, no, I'm cleansed, I'm washed, I'm free, I'm new. Well, it would give them real hope to know it could happen for them as well. And uh, so as we close here together, brother, just take a minute and, and pray that somebody would see this fountain and be drawn to washing it as well. Amen. Yes, Lord, we thank you. We can come to you. And I pray that um, you would open this way 
the way to the cross for someone um, who is um, weighed down with their sins, with, with their shame and guilt, and who, who feel hopeless. Oh, give them grace, dear Lord, to come to the cross, to come to the cleansing fountain, to see you, Jesus, nailed to that tree, wounded for us, bleeding for us, shedding your most precious blood to wash away our sins. And may your precious blood be sprinkled on someone's heart right now to wash away all their sin, their impurity. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that you could set someone free at the fountain of the cross. May you wash them clean and uh, change their hearts. Give them a new heart, a heart of flesh to love you, to desire you, and to give themselves fully to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our precious Savior and Redeemer. And your cross, your death, is an ever-flowing fountain for us all. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.